Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, June the 7th in 2021 on When I Rise. We are beginning year B, proper week six, which is the third Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we like to take a look at the Old Testament passage that has been set apart by the lectionary divines in the Revised Common Lectionary. And we're going to continue to trace the story of Samuel uh, this week as we started last week. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 34 through chapter 16, verse 13. So those verses in there. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along its theme. Thanks for making this party of morning all win our rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 34 through chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king of Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? From your horn, fill, sorry, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. He then consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and he had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by. And Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel went then to Ramah. This is the word of God for us. There's a couple of different things that we need to think about when we're reading the Old Testament narrative stories like this one. I think, number one, we have to be careful not to cast a person's whole entire image with one of their stories, like we might be tempted to do with David. I mean, here is David. He is the eighth of Jesse's sons, and he's chosen among his brothers. And so we might tend to think, man, we need to idolize David because he, he from a very early age, he showed great promise, like he was heads above even his older brothers. 
But we know that David had a complicated life. Yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but that was uttered about him very young in his life. And of course, he had made mistakes throughout his whole life. And so we have to keep it all in a balance. When we also read the Old Testament, we have to remember that this comes from Eastern origin. And so there's oftentimes parallelism. There's compare and contrast. Uh, There's different images that um, come to mind when we think of the story. And so this is a, a, a critical piece of the early Old Testament story. God has chosen Saul, if you can be reminded, as the king over Israel, and he only gave Israel a king because they demanded it. It seemed like God wanted to have another arrangement, but he he accommodated to the wishes of his people, the Israelites. And so they picked Saul. And one of the critical pieces about who Saul was is that Saul was a bit of a timid guy, but he was a tall person. He was heads above the rest. So he had this kingly look about his outward appearance. But inwardly, he wasn't fit to be king. And so God moved on beyond him. And notice that interesting language at the very end of chapter 15, that God regretted that he made Saul king. And so God wants to move on. And he wants to pick somebody completely different in Saul's place. Whereas Saul was tall and uh, very dominant in stature, David is young, and this is awfully hard to translate. It'd be funny to go from translation to translation in the English to see how they define David here. But the passage I read says he's he was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. I mean, that doesn't even like that seems so vague. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even know if I could in my mind sketch a picture of who David is through that description alone. So, but he's not tall. He's not heads above the rest. But notice the language that. Uh, that God uses um, because Samuel is still geared towards, okay, someone like Saul, someone like Saul, someone big and demonstrative in appearance. But God rejects the older sons of David, the, the older sons of Jesse, uh, the, brother, uh, the brothers of David. And he says, no, there's one that's going to be heads above the rest. And that is a bit of a wink back to Saul. So God is wanting to go a different direction. And he is trying, the language here is comparing who Saul is and who David is going to be. We know that things are not going to be easy for David or Saul in the next several chapters of this story. Uh, David goes into Saul's service. Uh, Saul loses his mind and is jealous of David. Uh, Saul's son is best friends with David, so there's rivalry and envy. Saul pursues David and tries to kill him. And there are chances, there were chances for David to um, take you know, take Saul's life, but he refuses to do so out of honoring God and honoring the king of Israel. So this this interesting comparison and contrast continues on through the rest of their story. So what can we say here? Like, what, what can we hold on to in the year 2020? I just think that this is a, a critical piece of scripture that uh, comes to the surface here that we need to think about too for our own lives. It's 1 Samuel 16, 7. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God knows everything. Right? He is aware of all. Um, he, and that means he's aware of the contents of who we are. And that's scary, but it's also comforting at the same time. Yeah, sure, we can't hide anything from God. Okay, He knows it all. But he also knows what other people do not know. Because there might be a chance where you're uh, aligned for a position or you get an opportunity and there is serious doubt about your ability and your gifts. Uh, People just aren't quite on board with you being the one who's going to lead this or lead that or be in charge of this or in charge of that. Just know that like perhaps the reason that the door is open for you or for me is not because we have the wild affirmation of a crowd of people, 
but because we have the blessing of the God who, of, of the God who sees us in the contents of our heart, right? So at the very disposition of a Christian is to have a focus on what's going on in the interior of our life. Dallas were to call it the renovation of the heart. That's the most significant heavy lifting in the Christian life is to take stock and to examine what's going on deep within our being because that's what the main stage which God is evaluating us. And so my admonition to all of us is to allow God to search us uh, because he's merciful and kind, but also to take seriously the heart work that's yet to be done in our lives so that God can and be, allow us to be entrusted in the things that are vital to his ongoing story in the world around us. So let's spend some time praying along that theme this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you search the depths of our hearts. And part of that is uh, troubling for us because we know that we can't hide anything from you, that it's all there. And you can see it all and you can see it as it is. And we can't spin it. We can't justify it. But you see us. But we thank you that with you there is forgiveness, um, that you separate us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. So we thank you that there is forgiveness in your name today. Yeah, we also thank you that um, though others may be tempted to evaluate us and others by uh, I don't know, output of work or an external appearance, we thank you that you reserve your final judgment for what happens deep within our souls and deep in our hearts. And so God, we pray that you might uh, find us to be people who are eager uh, to examine the depths of who we are and to seek transformation and change. God, we thank you that you delight in us and you delight in making us faithful people. And so God, as we start today and as we start this week, we pray that um, through all the things that are planned and unplanned, the things that happen to us, the things that people say to us, the things that we say to others, that it would all stack up and contribute to our transformation and growth in our hearts. And I pray that our hearts would continue to make more and more room for Jesus to reside there. So God, help us in this endeavor. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.